This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. you would please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 20. Heavenly Father, I ask for your wisdom this morning to be able to communicate your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint me to be able to speak what is on your heart today. I pray also, Heavenly Father, that you would open every one of our ears, mine included, to be able to hear, and then may our hearts grasp and understand, so that as we go about our lives, that we will live in such a way that it will bring a smile to your face. After all, you have gone out of your way to pursue a relationship with us, and we are so thankful for that this morning. So now our ears are open. I pray that the distractions of last week, of the upcoming week, and all of the things that we accomplished or did not get accomplished, that may they not crowd out our attention to hearing your voice this morning. So, Lord, we tune our hearts and our minds to you at this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Easter story is one that perhaps most of you are familiar with. That Jesus, he died, he was in the grave for three days, and then he rose again. In John chapter 20, we read that early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead, and then they went home. Many of us have had the privilege of hearing the message of the gospel in the past. Many of us have heard the stories of Jesus. The disciples, not only had they heard of Jesus, 
but they lived their lives with him. For three and a half years, they were following Jesus, and they saw how he lived. He taught them. He not only spoke to them, but he also demonstrated by his life and his actions what he was trying to convey through his words. And all through that time, he had pointed to the prophecies in Scripture that he must die and be buried, and then that he would rise again. You may recall that he had said, you may destroy this temple, but in three days it will be rebuilt. Well, they mocked him for that because they were saying, well, are you referring to this magnificent temple? Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem, uh, you will be able to see uh, what is left of the temple uh, that was standing. And as Jesus was speaking, he was not referring to the stones that were making up the temple that Solomon had built, but rather he was speaking of himself, that he would be destroyed, that he would be killed, but on the third day that he would rise again. Now the disciples were clearly communicated to about what Jesus was going to go through. In fact, he spoke to them of his sufferings. He said that he had to go to Jerusalem, and even as he entered into Jerusalem with all of the uh, palm branches that were uh, being waved and the hosannas that were being shouted, Unfortunately, that was a setting in preparation for what would soon come as a day of great sadness. And the disciples were not excluded from the sorrow. For when they saw their master die, they, uh, they did not automatically remember all of the things that Jesus had told them. And I believe that that is so true for so many of us today. You see, God speaks and we hear, but sometimes we don't really listen. It doesn't settle in. And there are things that God has spoken to you and has spoken to me that very much will be fulfilled. But how easy it is for you and for me to forget the promises of God. God sees your life. He understands all that you have been through. He understands where you're going. And if you will allow him, he will speak to your present circumstances with an eye toward the future and with his heart dealing with your past. Whenever God ministers to you, he ministers to the whole package. But we as human beings are limited, aren't we? When I talk to you, even for the person in this church that over the past year and a half that I have gotten to know the most, it is still a drop in the bucket compared to how God sees you. When I speak with one of you, when you speak with each other, for the most part, you're dealing with very limited information. 
But whenever God deals with you and he deals with me, he deals with the whole package because he was there from the moment you were conceived to today and he will be aware of every single thing that will happen to the day that you leave this earth. My friend, God knows you better than you know yourself. And even still, he loves you more than you love yourself. He cares about you, which is the whole reason he sent Jesus. I sometimes feel sad in my spirit because on occasions like this, there can be so much emphasis sometimes on religious activity that it takes away from the reality of what God really came down to this earth to do. And there's room for pomp and circumstance. God deserves all the glory, and the truth be told is everything we could offer to him in accolades falls short. But my friends, God doesn't only operate in the area of high-class stuff. In fact, the demonstration of the gospel is that Jesus came to minister to the lowly. He came to experience death because he knew that all of us were destined for it. Yes, Jesus came to heal. Yes, Jesus came to restore. Yes, Jesus came to provide and to help us prosper. But none of that would have been possible if he had not given up what he already had in heaven to come and to humble himself to be a man like you and I. Please don't forget that Jesus was not only 100% divine, which he was, but he was also 100% human. You see, because in his humanity, he was able to relate. In his divinity, he was able to bridge the gap. Because there is no person born of Adam that would have qualified. And that's the whole reason that the Holy Spirit had to be the one that placed the seed inside Mary's womb. Because no man on earth could qualify. All of us had fallen short of the glory of God. So when Jesus came, he came to reach down and he came to minister to the broken. Now, he had told his disciples what was going to happen, but they had forgotten. I want to share with you that, particularly if you have grown up in the church, maybe some of you 
have heard the message of the good news over and over and over again. Sometimes, having grown up hearing the message of the gospel myself from a child, it can get to the point if we aren't grasping the power of God desiring to work in our lives every day to where we only deal with it on a mental level, where we can easily say, I know all that stuff. I've heard it over and over. You're telling me something I heard again and again and again? But see, the message of the gospel is intended to apply every single day. It's intended to be alive and active in your life on a consistent basis. Not even just on Sunday, let alone Easter Sunday. But God intended on your most dark and dreary day for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be available to you. And that's the wonderful thing about the gospel. Is that God made available to you and to me everything that we need to be able to live victorious and we didn't have to pay a dime for it. Aren't you glad that God is not a respecter of persons? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't look out across all of the people that he made in the world and he'll have like a, a test that you've got to take to qualify for salvation. Say, so, well, if you have an IQ of this amount, then we can start having a conversation about me saving your soul. Or perhaps uh, a test that would say, uh, let's see what you've done uh, with the finances that you have, and we'll have a discussion to see whether or not you qualify for salvation. Or perhaps a test to say, well, let's see how moral you have been since you've been born. Let's go over the list and see if you have measured up to the Ten Commandments that I've given to you. And if you've done well on that test, then I will consider laying down my life for you. But he never did that. He did everything necessary for the most undeserving person in this world. And he did it because he loved us. We have a tendency, a tendency to forget what the Lord has done for us and what the Lord has promised us. But Jesus, when he left this earth, he said, I must go because if I don't go, I cannot give you the Holy Spirit who essentially was coming in his place. The third person of the Trinity to represent the Godhead on this planet. And Jesus said, not only will he be with you, but he will reside in you. And he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. That promise was laid out in the book of Joel. In Acts chapter 2, we read about how the Spirit of God was poured out. The Spirit of God came with a purpose. When Jesus taught his disciples, they forgot stuff. I can forget things. 
even as your pastor, there are promises that God has made to me. I wish I could tell you otherwise. But there are times that God has to say to me, Joseph, don't you remember? I already told you that. And I have to say, oh, yes, God. How could I forget? Because we have short-term memory. And we need reminders. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was sent as our supernatural reminder. He came to remind us of the things that Jesus had spoken. He also came as the supernatural teacher to teach us the things that we need to learn. The Holy Spirit also came to reveal Jesus. Sometimes when we get so caught up in our thoughts that we don't allow our heart to open up, the Holy Spirit has a way of ministering to our hearts when we can't always mentally assess what's going on. So Jesus, he rose from the dead on that wonderful Easter Sunday morning, and then the scripture says that Jesus appeared to his disciples in an enclosed room. Now, with a resurrected body, Jesus no longer had the limitations of having to open the door, but rather he walked right through the locked door. And he spoke to them. He said, peace be with you, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And the scripture says that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So that was the first time Jesus appeared to them. And then there was a second time. And it was a little bit later, eight days to be exact. The disciples were gathered together and this time there was a disciple that was not present initially. Once again, the doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I believe that every single one of us in this room, one way or another, are going to see Jesus. The scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But I choose voluntarily, without coercion, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every single person will one day do that.
I don't know if any of you have had a revelation of Jesus to where he has appeared to you. But for the most part, I believe that speaking with those who have not yet had the privilege to look Jesus in the eye. For those of you who believe and have not yet seen, I'm here to tell you that you are blessed. You are blessed because you believe without having seen. But there may be some in this room who would say, you know what, until I get more clear evidence, I'm not buying into this whole Jesus thing. To you, I would like to say, begin searching and keep searching and God will reveal to you what you're searching for. That's his promise. There have been those who have set out to demonstrate that the resurrection of Jesus Christ never happened, only to find that the evidence is undeniable otherwise. That same Jesus who rose from the dead will one day sit as judge and you and I are going to give an account for every word that we speak and everything that we do. So my challenge to you this morning is put your faith in God. Be willing to take a step of faith in your walk with him. To those of you who are working through uh, whether or not you are going to choose to follow Jesus, make up your mind and make it up quick because time is moving fast. And I'm telling you, friends, the Bible says it, and we see the signs of the times all around us. Not one of us in this room, even if we were a follower of Jesus, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So live ready. Then you'll have nothing to be concerned about when it comes to the life after this. You see, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead wants to be inside of you. You won't have to fear death. We're all going to die unless Jesus comes first. But you don't have to be afraid of that. The only reason that we fear that is because there is something that God has built within us to where we can only have peace when our peace has been made with him. You can't force yourself to have peace. Peace only comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. And in fact, he says, the peace that I give, the world cannot take away. So my friends, this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if Jesus were to appear and stand in this church before you today, what would that change for you? Think about it for a moment. 
what would that change for you? The truth be told, it should not change a whole lot. God has already revealed his heart in his word. Seeing Jesus face to face is a bonus. But God has not left us without the necessary information to be able to take every step that we need in a way that honors God. So I'm here to share with you this morning that if you're willing to take God at his word, that God is willing to reveal himself to you. A little bit later, Jesus appeared for the third time to his disciples, and they were out fishing. And as they were out fishing, Jesus stands on the, sea, on the side, um, on the shore, and he says in verse 5 of chapter 21, Fellows, have you caught any fish yet? Oh, no, they replied. And then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple, Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed for shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore. Jesus had breakfast with the disciples. The amount of fish that they brought in were 153. They had fished. These were skilled fishermen, but they did not get what they were looking for. Some of you are professionals in your area, very skilled. You're smart. You've got education. You're trained to do what you do, but you're not catching what you need to catch. I'm here to tell you, Jesus has some inside information for you. If you'll turn to him, he will take whatever profession he has skilled you in and make you more effective. Because he knows more than you do. He knows more than we know. And so when we turn our minds and our hearts to him, he has a way of bringing to us what we cannot provide even for ourselves. God loves you this morning. He cares about your whole being. He knows your past, your present, and your future. He sees all that you are struggling with. He sees every problem, every issue. And he says to you these words, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And you will find rest unto your souls. On this Easter Sunday morning, the call of God to every single one of us is to come to him. And as we do, we take a step of faith, God responds, and he can do more than we could ever imagine. 
I want to encourage you this morning to put your faith in God. You know, you may have some unanswered questions in your life, but please don't allow those questions to keep you from continuing to search for what God has in store for you. And as you do, God knows how to walk through all of the muddy water to be able to speak a word of life to you this morning. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes with me today. Hear the echo of the words of the Lord to his disciples. Fellows, have you caught any fish? Sometimes life can seem like you're on a never-ending wheel, not going anywhere, working hard, taking care of this and that. Talk to so many who have goals, and those goals at one time seemed very much a reality for the future, and then situations happen, and it almost seems like an impossibility now. I want you to know this morning that God is a God who wants to restore hope. He wants to restore purpose in your life. But it's more about than you achieving something or getting an education, and all those things are good. But the purpose for your life has to do with your soul. How's your soul doing this morning? Jesus said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? I'm here to invite you through the words of Jesus to take God at his word and to let him impact your life from the inside out. You're in this room this morning and the spirit of God has been speaking to your heart. And you hear the voice of God calling to you. Would you be willing to respond and say, God, I'm willing to surrender. I'm willing to open up my heart and allow you to cleanse me and make me brand new. All your sins can be forgiven. Your shame can be washed away. But there must be genuine repentance. If you're genuinely sorry for your past and you're willing to ask Jesus to apply the blood that was shed on the cross to your sins, the Bible says that your sins will be forgiven. Your name will be written in the book of life. And that is good news. If you're here this morning and you would like to make that decision, to invite Jesus to do that work that only he can do. Would you just simply raise your hand right where you are? I would like to pray with you. God promises that when you ask, he will answer. Is there anyone this morning that would say, I desire to make that decision today? I want Jesus 
to come in and wash my heart clean. God sees you, my friend. And you. I never rush past this point because this is what it's all about. It's why Jesus came. The Spirit of God says to every one of us, come. The Spirit of God says to you, come. One last call. Is there anyone else who needs to make that choice and is willing to say, I surrender everything?